Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Pensions Expert podcast. My name is Nick Reeve. I'm a journalist with Rotic Media and your host for this episode. Now, as pension scheme trustees adapt to new requirements for climate change to form a core part of investment strategies, in this episode, we're going to be exploring how this can be incorporated into covenant discussions with scheme sponsors. A pension scheme's investment strategy is closely linked to its covenant as it influences the level of support that's required from the sponsoring employer, but there are many other facets to this too. Joining me to explore these in greater detail is Michael Bushnell, Managing Director at Covenant Advisory Specialists Lincoln Pensions. Now, Michael, we know that environmental, social and governance factors are playing a greater role in schemes' investment strategies, in particular the issue of climate change. How does Lincoln look at climate change when it's assessing covenant strength? So from our perspective, ESG and climate change in particular have been long sorely overlooked to some extent in um, trustees' considerations of employer covenant. Mainly that's been because the whole focus of society has been across climate change and investment, and that therefore has translated through. But in particular for trustees, ESG factors can play a really key role in the long-term strength and sustainability in the broadest sense of their sponsors. So what we try and do is to incorporate those ESG factors into every covenant assessment we do. We look across the value chain all the way from the start of the business cycle to the end and think at each stage what kind of risks would develop from ESG scenarios in those situations and how might they affect the employer covenant. Where those factors are critical to covenant, so where we've identified a real point of stress, we can then start to unpack that. We can use models that we've built to run um, different scenarios through employer balance sheets and finances. We can look at how they might develop over time and the trustees can then use that to think about, well, okay, where are our biggest covenant exposures in these scenarios and how might we mitigate them? So what are some of the key questions that trustees need to ask of their sponsor in order to help you construct these uh, scenario analysis? What information and data do, do they need? You can go very deep or you can keep it at a higher level. From our perspective, what trustees ideally need to know is the key points in the business cycle from start to finish. So that means starting with the beginning of the value chain, your raw materials. Where do they come from? Who are you sourcing them from? How much do you rely on them? Is there a lot of flexibility in the choice of those raw materials or are you stuck with one supplier? Then thinking through transportation, where do you take them? Thinking about operations, where do you put them together? Is there a process involved? Do you have to shut and shuttle, I should say, things back and forth from one side to another? Thinking about funding sources, are you reliant on external funding as a sponsor? Is it all internally generated? Do we need to worry about potentially having those funding sources shut off in certain climate scenarios? Then thinking through end markets and end of life impacts. So where am I selling? And once I've sold, what happens to it? And at each stage of that process, there is a potential exposure to different types of physical and transition risks from climate change. And working through those 
risks through those steps gives you a really good insight into how different scenarios might put pressure on the employer covenant. But just to go to your point about what should they do, this is a deep dive we've done there. At a high level dive, you know, you can go from public accounts. There is enough out there in terms of public accounts, in terms of chats with management, in terms of Googling products, in terms of looking around, that actually you can get a fairly good picture just from that process. Well, that was going to be my next question about actually about how trustees navigate situations where the sponsor can't or, or perhaps won't uh, give them the information they need. But can trustees kind of get a lot of that information from publicly available sources then? So a lot of the information you need for the covenant assessment, I think you can get anyway, particularly if you've got a covenant advisor who has some exposure to the industry more broadly and therefore has some different information sources to bring to bear about, say, flexibility of manufacturing sites, that kind of thing. But really, the key point is that this is in companies' best interest to engage. And I think it's, in, it's important that trustees make that really clear to their sponsors from the start. The trustees can be ahead of sponsors in this process. TCFD requirements, for example, are coming through for pension schemes at least as fast, if not faster, than they are for the sponsors they're attached to, especially in the UK. Working with the sponsor to identify these risks and mitigants for those risks is not just about the trustee being difficult because it's been asked to. It's actually a process that the sponsor can use to get ahead of competitors who aren't going through the same process. It's a way for sponsors to understand their own exposure and put the mitigants for their own business in place ahead of that time. And I think where it's not possible to have that kind of dialogue with sponsors, what trustees are going to have to start to think about is, okay, this is a risk we have. It's just like any other risk. It could impact the government. So how do we deal with that? And that probably means moving towards more prudent assumptions, which can increase funding needs. And in fact, therefore, again, it's in the employer's interest to make sure that there's not an excessive amount of prudence in the trustees' assumptions and approach. Where does TCFD fit into all of this? TCFD is a fantastic set of pressures on employers and trustees because it drives us all to think better about our impact. There are two parts to TCFD though. So there is the targets and metrics, and then there is the scenario analysis. And in terms of employer covenants in particular, it really comes through in that scenario analysis piece of the puzzle. And I think it's, it's critical that trustees make sure that they pull covenant properly into whatever scenarios they're applying to investments and funding. Because it's when you integrate those risks properly that you get the most rewarding output and the clearest ability to balance your risk budget. To illustrate that, what you wouldn't want is a scenario where your employer covenant is heavily undermined by a rapid transition but also in that environment, your longevity increases, so your funding needs increase, and your investment portfolio isn't properly calibrated. And so looking at that on an integrated basis, you might say, okay, that's a risk. So we'll think about our longevity hedging and we'll think about rebalancing our portfolio so that we get better returns in a rapid transition and maybe slightly lower returns 
if we don't transition, because our sponsor covenant is expected to be significantly stronger in that scenario and can take more of the strength. And that's the kind of balance and deep thought, which means that trustees don't waste the opportunity of TCFD. It moves beyond being a simple requirement to being something that can feed into their targeting, their journey planning, their contingency planning. And suddenly it becomes an integral part of what trustees do and a useful test. Now, the covenant strength of many companies was severely tested by the COVID-19 crisis. And in many cases, the effects are still being felt in some sectors. What lessons can trustees learn from the last two years to prepare them for incorporating a risk such as climate change into their thinking and discussions? I think one of the key takeaways for me from this is the issue of shifts and shocks. So when you think through modelled risks, trustees are very used to thinking of shifts in risk. We have a funding progression. We have a change in exposure over time. Even with climate modelling, we have a slow increase in temperatures, which increases the physical risks attached. But in practice, the world often works through shocks. And what you see is sudden sharp dislocations, either in markets or in physical exposures. And when they occur, like they have with COVID, and they occur on a broad spectrum of society or a broad part of geographical location in the world, they can have a really material impact on schemes, sponsors, and economies. And when thinking through climate change and how trustees should factor that into their covenant and into their investment decisions, I think it's key that trustees remember the risk of dislocation when they make their allocation and their decisions. And what we've seen with COVID is that those sponsors that had flexibility built into their business are generally the ones that have come through best. In fact, some have come through better than they were before because they've been able to exploit the difference and the dislocation that COVID has brought along. And so when you think about the sustainability of a sponsor in the broadest sense, again, its ability to last into the future, then that's going to be a key concept for your employer covenant. So we saw COVID-19 had a, a stronger effect on some sectors such as uh, travel industry, hospitality than perhaps others. Are there specific issues affecting companies or sectors that trustees in those spaces need to be aware of when it comes to climate change? Um, the obvious one you know, to me is oil and gas, but there are others that trustees need to be aware of. Yeah, certainly there are. And I think it's really important that trustees are able to pull themselves into the mindset of looking for those risks. So it's it's really good that you bring up oil and gas because they're almost, to some extent, a trailblazer here. The trustees of those schemes, they know the exposures that they have to downside scenarios, uh, transition scenarios where the covenant might be undermined. And they're quite far ahead, in my experience, of looking into those things and thinking about the risks. But other sectors might not quite be there yet because it might not be a narrative within the sector itself. And therefore, the trustees are effectively blazing a trail. So looking at things like agribusinesses, where what you're able to grow might change materially, the ability to ship products back and forth, the change that you might see from carbon offsets 
i.e. increasing forests around the world, might reduce the ability to grow certain types of product and therefore might reduce certain companies' abilities to trade. Those are thought processes that may not have been gone through yet, but will have to be as part of TCFD. Similarly, chemical companies will have to think very hard about what they're doing because a lot of what they're producing is energy intensive. A lot of what they're producing has to be shipped globally and it's also staying in the ecosystem for a long time. And therefore, there's a high likelihood that a lot of restrictions might come into play for those companies as well. The typical ones that get pulled out as well are automotive, aerospace, and we'll see a lot of change there. But I think one of the key components will also be shipping. And you'll see a huge amount of change, we believe at Lincoln, in the global transportation network and a lot of investment required. And whether there's enough investment will be key as to whether shipping can continue at its current level of global trade or whether it has to be scaled back as part of the changes. And that's also part of the, the consideration trustees we need to bring. Well, thank you, Michael, for your time today. And thank you, everyone, for listening to this Pensions Experts podcast. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.